you Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And Caroline, we've talked a lot before about women in Hollywood. We did an episode not too long ago on the Bechdel test, for instance. And today we're going to talk about women in Hollywood and probably women that a lot of listeners have seen in lots of films, but don't know that they've seen them. Right. We're talking about stunt women, the the tough ladies who perform all those crazy gags. You know, like jumping off buildings or moving vehicles or whatever. No biggie. Yeah, no big deal there. And thanks to the listener who suggested this topic. We've been getting so many great listener requests, by the way, lately. And and this is one of them, stunt women. So to kick things off, let's just go over the occupational outlook for a stunt performer. Obviously, they have to, at some point, do things like jump off of buildings and catch on fire, etc. But what about the nuts and bolts of how the actual stunt industry works? Well, to start it off, I guess we should mention the fact that there are fewer stunt opportunities for women than for men. Oh, yeah. But that's that's kind of a basic given, considering if you look at your average action movie, there's going to be a lot more male people jumping off of things and getting set on fire than female people. That's true. Very true. Um, in Hollywood, too, the, the I didn't know this. The stunt performers are actually considered on par with actors. They're all considered principal performers, and they are unionized. If you want to be a stunt person, you need to get your SAG card for the Screen Actors Guild. That's right. Stunt performers are overseen by SAG-AFTRA, uh, which merged the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists together. And the pay's not too shabby. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't jump off of anything for a living, so maybe it is shabby. <laughs> yeah. Someone tell me. I would probably need to get paid a lot. Um, so the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the starting daily pay for a stunt performer is $859, with a weekly starting rate of $3,200, which, ladies and gentlemen, is slightly more than the starting weekly rate of about 2979 for actors. And all of that is more than podcasters make. <laughs> no, not our podcast. Maybe we should get SAG cards. Do you think that could get us more money? Well, let's make a commercial. Or get into podcast stunts. I don't know how it works. This is an awfully small studio for that. <laughs> it's true. Um, and even though these stunt performers are doing all of these incredible feats, there is no Oscar for stunt work that I learned. Although the Taurus World Stunt Awards are referred to as the Oscars of stunt work. Yeah, and I found out that uh, the Taurus Stunt Awards also offers financial support to injured stunt people. So it's kind of a really nice all-around supportive organization. Yeah, and from what we've read, the actual stunt community is a pretty close-knit one because obviously they have shared interest of uh, doing physical types of activities and there really aren't that many of them, especially, like we said, if you are a female. And it's not just 
the jumping off of buildings and diving into waterfalls, etc., that stunt performers are paid for, they're also paid to meticulously research how to mimic actors' appearances and body languages while in character, which was something that I really didn't think about beforehand. Yeah, they just have to make sure to get it all down perfectly so it's not completely jarring for the viewer to see somebody who doesn't even look at all like the star running around. Yeah, it's such a different mindset if you think about in Hollywood, probably a lot of people want to be on, you know, they want to be stars, they want to have that camera time, they want to have the face recognition, but it's the complete opposite with stunt performers where they're trying to blend in as much as possible. And we've mentioned before diving off of buildings and into waterfalls, etc. Caroline, what are the major stunt categories? Okay, we have fighting, falling, riding and driving, agility and strength and water. None of those I want to participate in. Yeah, I was going to ask what you think your best oh. stunt category would be. Um, I'm not a very strong swimmer, so not water. Uh, I'm not agile or strong, so not that. Um, I'm a crazy driver. Perfect. I have mastered the streets of Atlanta, particularly here in Buckhead, where our studio is, uh, which is total crazy town for drivers. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to do driving stunts because uh, maybe I could unleash some of that pent up aggression. I could totally see you stunt driving. <laughs> I'm imagining you in one of those helmets in a, in a cool car going really fast. I think that mine would be fighting, mm. not because I'm a pugilistic person, but I have a lot of lower body strength. <laughs> Really str- strong in my thighs from jagging uh-huh. in yoga. And I think that if trained, I could whoop some tail. Whooping. So let's go back and let's look at the beginning of stunt work with actors like Buster Keaton and Keystone Cops, who were kind of considered the first stuntmen. Uh, Buster Keaton, in particular, performed a stunt where a f- the front of a house falls on him but he's left standing un- unharmed so that was that was some serious measuring and some serious standing in place and some serious comedy <laughs> Yes, me. Um, but it, it didn't take too long, though, for women to get involved bit by bit into stunt work, um, because around 1910, we have audiences developing a taste for serial action movies and the rise of westerns. And really, it's with westerns that we see the first use of dedicated stunt people who are doubling for actors in dangerous scenes, which is why, as we'll learn, a lot of the first female stunt performers started out as cowgirls. Girls. That's right. This is coming from the PBS film Stunt Women, Then and Now. And they talk about that in the silent era, actresses either perform their own stunts or men would just dress up as women for uh, for stunt work. Um, but yeah, like uh, Kristen said, a lot of these stunt women started out as cowgirls. And that includes, um, from 1914 to 1917, Rose Helen Winger, who became Helen Gibson, she was a trained rodeo rider who doubled for actress Helen Holmes in the series The Hazards of Helen. That's a lot of Helens going on in one paragraph. Um, and she eventually took over the lead uh, of that show. Yeah, so she was a stunt performer turned 
starlet, you could say. And well, another thing I like to note about her is uh, this Helen in particular, Rose Helen Wenger, becoming Helen Gibson. Uh, she was actually able to open her own production company uh, from, you know, becoming famous off of that show. Which can you imagine being a woman opening your own production company in the the 1920s 1930s in Hollywood. I know. That's, no. <laughs> that's quite a gal. Uh moving forward a little bit, we have Polly Burston who was a rodeo actress who then headed out for Hollywood in 1944 and she doubled for such names as Lucille Ball for any I love Lucy fans out there. And in 1951, she became the first woman to become a stunt coordinator while she was working on the film Westward the Women. And the stunt coordinator is sort of like the, a director, I guess, for all of the, the stunt performers. They set up the stunts or gags, as they're called, and oversee how those happen on the set. Yeah, and you know, many stunt women around this time who were actual like skilled cowgirls did double for smaller male actors, and Polly Burson was one of those. So it wasn't just men dressing up as women to perform stunts. It did work the other way around, too. We have Kitty O'Neill, who is a world record setter for water skiing, which I think is awesome. Um, and then we have Lila Finn, who was, according to the New York Times, one of Hollywood's first and most respected stunt women. Yeah, you might have seen her if you have ever seen Gone with the Wind, because she doubled for Vivian Lee in that starring role. And she was also the founding president of the Stunt Women's Association, which was established in 1967. And then finally, we have Martha Crawford Cantorini, who was yet another horsewoman turned stunt performer, who wrote an autobiography all about her experience called Fall Girl, My Life as a Western stunt double. Yeah, and she, this this lady is super passionate about horses, let me tell you. I started to read, I read an interview with her, and then I started to read, uh, like, the introduction of her book, and man, she loves horses. She has some great stories, but I mean, like, some of the things she did, like, she performed a stunt where the horse was jumping over a car or something, and she felt that it wasn't going right, and she ended up tumbling off, but she wasn't really hurt. Neither was the horse. And she just kept on riding. That's right. Yeah, I don't have any of the specific actor names in front of me, but she did talk about in her interview how some stars were really friendly, but for others, they wanted nothing to do with their stunt double. Yeah, she, well, she even mentioned that she looked better in one of the costumes than the actual star did, so. Ooh. Mm. I bet that started not like that. Well, so one really, really super famous uh, stunt double that we have to mention is Jeannie Epper, whom Entertainment Weekly called the greatest stunt woman who ever lived. This woman is incredible, and she's actually from a very, very long line of Epper stunt performers that started back in the 30s. Yeah, Steven Spielberg <laughs> referred to the Epper family as the flying Walendas of film. And there have been as many as 15 Epper stunt performers since, as you said, the 1930s. And, oh, fun fact, the killer's hand who stabs Janet Lee in Psycho in that famous shower scene, that's the hand of an Epper. <laughs> Not the hand, as you might be led to believe by watching the recent film, Hitchcock. It's not Hitchcock's hand. That's mm. an Epper hand. Mm-hmm. Well, Epper was actually mentored by Polly Burson, who we mentioned earlier, and she did her first pro stunt at age nine, riding a horse bareback down a cliff. And 
You might know her from one of her more famous roles as the stunt double for Linda Carter in Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's a great photo of Linda Carter being held in her Wonder Woman costume by Jeannie Epper, who was also wearing the Wonder Woman costume. And Epper talked about how for that role in particular, she really struggled to maintain her weight because as a stunt woman, it's especially challenging physique wise because you need to be incredibly strong but not look incredibly strong. Right. And she she even says she had to audition in a bathing suit. So, I mean, women are, you know, we think actresses and models being held up to these ridiculous standards will stunt women. I mean, you're supposed to be this incredibly strong, fit, athletic human being, but you can't look too strong or athletic. You still have to look wafy like some of the leading actresses. Exactly. And talk about occupational hazards. Not only are you going to be doing all of these stunts that put you in harm's way, you're not going to have the luxury of wearing padding that male stunt performers might be able to wear under their baggy or guy clothes because you very well may be doing stunts in heels and tighter, more revealing clothing. Right. But I think two more important things to note about uh, Miss Epper. Uh, Kristen, in 1968, she and 20 other women formed Swamp, which is the stunt women's association of motion pictures. And she was actually the first woman to receive Taurus's Lifetime Achievement Award, the Taurus Awards that we mentioned earlier. But unfortunately, um, she has hit some bumps in the road as she's gotten older, because as you can imagine, you know, unattainable beauty standards for actresses. They're unattainable strength and beauty standards for stunt doubles. Well, and the incredible thing is, though, she's so frustrated about not finding work as a stunt performer. And she's in her late 60s by this point. Mm -hmm. She's got over 100 films under her belt and still wants to work, even though I can only imagine the wear and tear that she's put on her body. But she is relentless. Absolutely. So, you know, Epper might be struggling to find work as she gets older, but it's not like this is a unique problem just for her. This is a problem that many stunt women face. You know, they often transition to stunt coordinating or directing, but few actually receive that opportunity because there are such slim pickings for stunt people out there. Yeah. Um, Kimberly Shannon Murphy, who has doubled for Cameron Diaz, among other people, who's a, a younger stunt woman than someone like Jeannie Epper, said, quote, obviously it's kind of a man's world talking about this realm of stunt work. There's fewer movies you see of women doing action, and there are more movies of men doing action, though I think that's starting to even out, and there are more women doing action movies that center just on them. So, really, this isn't just, you know, an issue of, uh, oh, we don't have that many roles for stunt women. You gotta take that back and say, well, why is that? Oh, it's because of the fact that, you know, the men are usually the heroes. Action movies usually focus on men. We've talked before about how, I think we raised this in the Wonder Woman episode on how all of those Marvel comics, like the, the comic book movies that have come out, they haven't done one focusing on female superheroes, etc. So that all filters down to not having that many roles for stunt women. But, I mean, just thinking about what it takes, if you have the determination to want to go out to Hollywood, be a stunt woman, and 
the physical investment that you have to put into it because, again, it's incredible because these women have to stay so strong and so, so fit, mm-hmm. but still maintain a slim physique and not bulk up. Right. And being strong is obviously super important. Uh, the Stunt Women's Association says that uh, most stunt people have backgrounds in sports like gymnastics, martial arts, horseback riding, motorcycle racing, race car driving, etc. They not only keep those skills in top shape, but also train in the areas where they may have less experience so that they can be more well-rounded stunt performers. So women today, like the stunt women today, you know, you might be good like like me at uh, a crazy Atlanta stunt driving, but you should also work to be like Kristen and strong with the lower body fighting. Strong thighs, everybody. <laughs> Get my strong thighs <laughs> to be well-rounded. So so let's let's uh, give you a, a short rundown of some of the more prominent um, stunt women of today who have dedicated themselves to it. Yeah. One of the main people is Zoe Bell, who I didn't know her name, but I've definitely seen her in a lot of movies because she's Quentin Tarantino's go to stunt woman who also used to double for Xena Warrior Princess. And she's now even making a transition into some acting hmm. as well. She's become such a top dog in the stunt industry. Interesting. She's also one of the stars of the documentary Double Dare, which followed her and Jeannie Epper for actually a couple of years as they struggled to find new work. Kind of Zoe Bell's experience after Xena ended and Epper's experience as she's, you know, getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Renee Moneymaker, awesome name. Uh, she is Jennifer Lawrence's double in Hunger Games and a former Gymnast. And one of the things she said as far as like, how can you even do all this scary stuff? She just says, look, developing the ability to shut off that fear is important. And to that, I say, I can't. Well, if you've seen Zombieland or the newest Indiana Jones movie, uh, there was stunt performer Lucy Steele. Romberg, who uh, described her fitness routine to <laughs> Fitness Magazine, and she works out six days a week, and her routine involves free running, which is just running from place to place and like jumping over things, almost parkour style. Also including martial arts, jump rope, and just some CrossFit. I but, know. But she does have one down day every week, Caroline, so you know, one day. Well, I mean, I guess if that's your job, like that's your job, it, it yeah. kind of it kind of is crippling to think about like trying to have a job and do that. But then, you know, I guess it's better if just exercising is basically your job. Then there's also April Whedon, Washington. She is one of only six black stunt women out of 35 who works steadily on major motion pictures and TV productions. She's doubled for people like Halle Berry, Vanessa Williams, Regina King. And Gabrielle Union, among many others. Yeah, and uh, Whedon Washington has said that she's really proud to be a stunt woman because she's, quote, breaking the tradition of white men in wigs and makeup doubling for black actresses. So, and that struck me as so strange because, I mean, that's essentially stuntmen going in blackface to play black actresses. So, Whedon Washington is really hoping to inspire a new generation of other black stunt women to also come up in the ranks as well. Um, and then there's also Crystal Santos, who is a rare Latina stunt woman who's doubled for actresses like Rosario Dawson and Rosalind Sanchez. And because she is 
one of few Latinas who are in stunt work. She's also gotten some acting roles on top of that. Hmm. Well, good for Crystal. Um, we have Sandy Gimple. She uh, is a stunt woman in her early 70s who has worked in the industry for 40 years. She says that I've been really, really lucky. I've broken a couple ribs, and they say that's just wear and tear. It's not from anything specific. And she also developed the Stunt Blasters workout. And I Google imaged Sandy Gimple, and it is really fun to see pictures of a 70-year-old woman doing high kicks. I'm just saying, if you need a little inspiration, ladies, Google Sandy Gimple, because she is still going. She's not stopping. <laughs> She's not stopping. She and Jeannie Epper. I'm glad we're sitting down, because I'm exhausted just thinking about this. It's true. So if you out there are thinking about following Kristen and me into our new careers as stunt women with our incredible driving and lower body skills... Um, you might have to be willing to work at places like Disneyland and medieval times to hone basic stunts. That was advice from, from one stunt woman because it's not like you can just pick up and go to California and magically end up in a movie. You really do have to kick and claw your way up. Yeah, and many stunt performers also start out as extras or working on film crews, so that's one way to get into the biz. And if you want to be a Hollywood stunt woman, you got to be a member of the Screen Actors Guild. So, I mean, you really do have to pick up and, and move out there and make this a whole lifestyle. But from the anecdotes that we read from the women who are, you know, in the movies today, it does sound like they are a pretty tight knit community who go running together a lot. Really? Yeah. They like to go, I mean, they're in LA, you know, so there's all the, the different, the varied terrain. Mm-hmm. So they can go to the beach and go surfing or go free running in the mountains. Interesting. Yeah. So it's pretty incredible. And I'm glad that, that the listener suggested that we check out stunt women because it was really a side of Hollywood mm-hmm. that I had never looked into. I wonder, I do wonder, and I, I hope somebody writes in and, and talks to us about it. I do wonder how you even get interested in that. Like, do you begin? I mean, obviously, some of the original ones were cowgirls. You know, they, they knew how to ride horses and, and do scary things anyway. But I wonder, like, you know, are, are women out there, like, are they just athletes and they get into it? Are you a boxer and you get into it? Like, I, you know, I'd like to hear from anybody who knows. Yeah, what is the career path for that? Because one thing that the Stunt Women's Association stressed was that they aren't just a pack of daredevils. Right. The stunts that are set up are rigorously devised to make it as safe as possible. And safety has been an issue in the past, although we weren't able to track specific numbers for uh, you know statistics on injury risk or risk of death. But there have definitely been people who have died in the line of stunt work. Um, but yeah, what makes you want to pursue that? Speaking of dangerous stunts, I almost forgot to mention one thing. Okay. I had no idea. That Jeannie Epper is connected to one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, which which movie? Jeannie Epper is the woman who is sliding down the hill in the mudslide in Romancing the Stone with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Wow. That is her. And so I read this thing about how the day they were trying to rig that stunt up, they, you know, she's supposed to be swinging from a vine. And they rigged some things up to a tree, and it had been raining so much that day that the tree completely pulled out of the ground by its roots and fell down into the canyon below. And she was like, 
all right, well, I just prayed about it and then just went and did it. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, you're amazing, Jeannie Upper. I love that movie. I watched it all the time. Yeah, as someone with a certifiable fear of heights, I have oh, yeah. a lot of respect for these women. I don't know if I have a fear of heights so much. It's just like a baseline fear. <laughs> just fear. <laughs> just con- Unless you're in the car. Unless I'm in the car, and you better watch out. I'm not going to tell you what I drive, because I want to maintain the element of surprise. Well, folks, we want to hear from you. If you know any stunt people, if you are a stunt person, if you have a favorite stunt woman that we didn't mention, let us know all of your thoughts. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is where you can email us. You can also send us a note on Facebook or tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. And we've got a couple of letters about lady farts to share right after we come back from this quick break. And now back to our letters. Well, I have an email here from someone who is just going by satisfied listener, (laughs) because sometimes when you talk about farts, you just would like to remain anonymous, and we respect that. So the subject line is farts on a second date. Satisfied listener writes, Odd that I listened to your podcast on female flatulence just before my roommate got home from his second date with a lovely young lady. He told me about the great time he had with her, but was put off at how comfortable she was to fart on him as they spooned on the couch watching a movie. At first, I thought my own roommate was one of those crazy women don't fart or poop guys, but she admitted to it and he excused her. Sadly, the act irked him. He explained how he was okay with her fart, but was put off that she would bring it out so early in the dating period. We both saw it as a sign that she wanted the relationship to move at a quicker pace than he wanted it to. Essentially, my friend's date skipped the fantasy no farting stage and jumped to the second stage of being in love and being comfortable with your partner's cute farts. I agreed with him. It's an act that's reserved for a couple at least a couple weeks or months into the relationship. I feel glad to leave my date because I can rip a big one in peace out of harm's way. What do you think, Caroline? What, what if it was a mistake? No, not a mistake because she admitted to it. Oh. And apparently these were multiple toots. Oh. I agree. I kind of think that, I think it's, because especially because she was farting on him. I wouldn't want to get farted on on the second day. No, no. I mean, and I would want to own up to it. You know? So I, don't, I don't know. But, or she could just be really cool and laid back. Maybe. And gassy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Laid back and gassy. That's my nickname. That's my vanity plate. <laughs> um, I have a letter here from Haley. Haley, I, I just really love how you set this email up. So, Anyway, she says, first, a fart story. Once I was in the car with a few friends, as we arrived at our destination, one of my guy friends farted. And it was awful. We all immediately jumped out of our car. We went on our way laughing, but mostly forgot about it. Two hours later, we arrived back at the car, and the fart was trapped in the car, and it still smelled. Secondly, some fart history. My mother, much like Caroline's father, hated the word fart, and instead we used the term wind. To use it in a sentence, did somebody do wind? It was a term that if I ever used it outside the home, I was teased for it because it sounds so lame. It kind of does, but that's okay. Um, as such, now, in my 20s, I use the word fart like a swear word. I never use it around my mother, although, to be honest, it doesn't come up that often. And I often use fart like the F word if I drop something or stub my toe. You know, actually, Haley, that's a really good tip. I'm going to start saying fart, because F-bombs, yeah, at work. 
Thirdly, she says, farting and marriage. I have been with my husband for seven and a half years and married for 18 months. We have never farted in front of each other. If we are talking about gendering farts, I assumed at some point in the relationship he would be the one to break the fart silence, but never did. I always leave the room or whatever if I must, but we are still very much in the stage one. But still happily married, I might add. That's amazing, Haley. I love your stories. I love your three-part email. Uh, I think it's hilarious that you and your husband have not farted in front of each other, and I think that must be some sort of world record. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, keep the fart stories coming and everything else you'd like to share with us momstuffdiscovery.com is where you can email us you can also message us on Facebook or tweet us at momstuffpodcast and if you aren't following us on Instagram that's right that's the newest way to keep in touch with Kristen and Caroline our username is stuff mom never told you what else and of course you can also watch us on youtube four times a week we put out new videos at youtube.com slash stuff mom never told you so head on over there and subscribe for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com 